Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to the moon. Good morning to the star people beyond Region X. This is the Planetary Status Report, and once again, I have my good friend Jim Davidson on the show, and we are here on December the 31st, 2021, if you can believe we're still alive, to talk about 2022, the year ahead, in a hopeful way. You know that CBS show called, I think it was called Sunday, and it would come on on the morning on on CBS, you know, and it would always have these really lighthearted stories about old grandmas who baked a pizza and somehow a Vietnam vet got a home. Well, I don't know if these will be lighthearted type stories, but we're going to try to head for CBS Sunday territory. We'll probably end up end up on the Hooker planet, also known as Deltron Six. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. I believe the show is called Sunday Morning on CBS. Yeah, and it always had those really great stories, like nothing too hard, nothing too harsh, nothing with you know edges that were too sharp. Just really nice little homespun Norman Rockwell type bullshit. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. And let's face it, if Grandma does bake a pizza, we know that there's a homeless vet somewhere who's getting a, a little shack. Everything will be good. Yeah. Bacon a pizza. I think that's a euphemism too, Jim. Don't you? <laughs> Listen, I don't want to get into Pizzagate if we can avoid it. I'd uh, like us to move. I was focused more on adult women, voluntary type stuff, but that's a gross subject, Pizzagate. Anyways. It's pretty, it's pretty disturbing, but, <laughs> but Jism Lane uh, Maxwell is in, is, is, has been convicted, so woohoo. Yeah. None of the people that she did all the work for, none of the uh, actual abusers are are being uh, even indicted, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I didn't want to like stop on that speed bump, but let's do it. Um, okay. I kind of, I it's kind of like the Kyle Rittenhouse story. Ever since you know, like March of 2020, I have been looking at a lot of these stories like a Sovietologist and asking myself, why are they letting people know this? What is the purpose of the message? Because I don't know that any of these things are that real. I don't even know if Ghislaine Maxwell is a real person. If she is, I don't know if she's a Mossad agent. I don't know if her dad was a Mossad agent or a grandpa. I don't really know for sure. I can read a newspaper, you know, Pravda or Izvestia, but I can't really be sure. I mean, from my perspective, the Drudge Report is like Pravda, Zero Hedge is like Izvestia, and there is no other outlet to go to. So it's hard you to know. You go to Breitbart News? Come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, didn't he get whacked? You know? So, uh, the, um, wow, that was just a, a, a montage of things. The uh, the thing about the, the the trial of 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 Ghislaine, which is interesting to me, is that whereas with Kyle Rittenhouse it was in a state court, so you could see him actually testify, you could see people on camera, and you could say, "Well, I'm not the jury, so I'm not present, and I'm getting all the instructions, but at least I have some sense of what's going on." But she, you know, we're just seeing. The artist's renderings uh, from the people who sit in the in the courtrooms, and and this is good, I think, because it gives jobs to people who know how to sketch. And that's nice. 
But at the same time, uh, <laughs> they're drawing pictures of a woman wearing a mask over her face. So when you said that, I don't even know if she's a real person. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know if she really looks like that. I don't know if there's anybody under that mask. It could be one of the things from They Live. Listen, I will say this about the monkey herpes Rona COVID pandemic. Now in its Omnicron Teslon cube form, it has enabled a lot of stuff to the side. Like it's not just the PSYOP by itself, but the mask thing means you can use the same agent in a little BLM protest that you would in a Proud Boys protest. Um, Absolutely, and they're running out of people. I mean, everyone's having labor shortages. I'm sure the deep state has been suffering the same as everyone else. So I think we should look forward, though, into the new year. You, you, you called me here today to look forward into 2022. And the first thing I want to say about that is that it's it's pronounced 2022. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2020 part two. I don't know that it's going to be that, but but one of the things that I will say now, and I'm, I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction, and if I'm wrong, then at the end of the year I will admit that Jim was wrong about this. I'm sorry, I, I messed it up, but this is my prediction. My prediction is that Bill Gates will not be arrested and will not be indicted on any of the. Jeffrey Epstein pedophile flights that he took to the pedophile island. He will not be arrested. He will not be indicted and charged for any of the things he did in India, where I believe he has actually uh, possibly even been tried in absentia of, of crimes against humanity. Bill Gates will continue to have what, you know, what that funny film said was a wonderful life. He will be, uh, you know, exempt from all prosecution. No one will touch him. That's my prediction for 2022. I, I agree with that. There's a couple angles by which that could happen, but I think that that's... I'm generally of the belief that the people we'd really love to face some rule of law outcome, A, that'll never happen, and B, why do people still think there's a rule of law, if there ever was? I don't know. I mean, this is... Because we were taught that way in school. I, I had a class... I had a two-semester class as a senior in high school called Constitution. It was required for graduation. We had to pass Constitution. If you didn't, you had to take the, the whole grade over again. You had to go back and be a 12th grader again. Oh. So one of the topics you sent me, and I'd like to start on that first, and, and I'll simply summarize it because that's what it was, is spiritual light and darkness. And I was wondering if you'd want to get into that vis-a-vis -vis the new year. Well, I think that this is a really important topic because it's the context for everything else. And I think in the last two years, we have seen a lot of spiritual darkness. We have seen people in high places who are raking in billions of dollars for their friends. Like, you know, Anthony Fauci has all of these cronies in the pharmaceutical industry. Pfizer is going to have like $30 billion dollars this calendar year, 2021, they're going to close out the year with $30 billion of revenues from all of these jabs. And whatever is happening, the, the financial information seems to be consistent across the board that these giant pharmaceutical companies are making bank by you know, jamming poison into people's veins. And so I think that's an indication of spiritual darkness. And Fauci has this... This history with uh, HIV of coming up with uh, the AZT 
treatment, which turned out to be a real mess. It, it killed a lot of people. There are people to this day who say that, yeah, there was a human, human immunovirus, HIV exists, but it's kind of harmless. Just, you know, live with it and, you know, use immunosupport protocols to help people, you know, get rid of it or, you know, get beyond having it. And, 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 and these treatments were killing, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And, and one of the things about the, the Robert Kennedy Jr. book that came out, The Real Anthony Fauci, um, it reveals that, you know, what they were calling HIV in Africa had completely different symptoms and seemed to be a completely different thing from what they were calling HIV in the United States. Yeah. What, what, what's that all about? Oh, well, that's kind of like coronavirus. Yeah, it is what we say it is, and, 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 and you will do what we say. You will take a vaccine, you know, you will take a jab in your arm, and if it kills you, you you'll be glad that you served the state. What, what, well, this is fascism. This is nonsense. So I think this, this context is important, that, that we, we have people who will not comply. And I think that is one of the highest and best uses for a human soul, because we are souls with bodies. And during the time that we have a life here in this realm, I think you, we have to choose. Do we serve God? Do we serve Satan? I say serve God. That's the way to choose. And so I think that, that, that we, are, we are faced with a, a, a critical situation where those who have power over us don't want us to live, and they're admitting that, and they're promoting. And we have to stand against that. Well, I mean, as you well know, Jim, almost from the beginning, I saw this more as a hoax than a reality. And and it would be fine if it was the kind of hoax that led to... Well, it wouldn't be okay. There's no kind of hoax like this that would be okay. But it would be one thing if it was a surprise party. And like I was saying last week, yay, you know, surprise. But it's the kind of hoax that's been murdering people. It's been destroying society. It's been destroying families. It's been destroy. It's been attacking spirituality. It can't be destroyed, but it has been attacking spirituality in all forms, and it's an absolute form of darkness. But beyond that, all I see are the lies. I don't really see much to say. This is why. I mean, it seems like it could be related to prophecy, but the Bible also tells us we can't know for sure. So it's it's one of those things where. It's, we've been in an ocean of lying. The lying is not stopping. It's going through these cycles. But the cycles really just make me believe that they're just sort of drawing out the clock or whatever. I just don't know what to say of that. It's been a lot of deception. And as far as Fauci goes, you ever wonder, Jim, if HIV was also just an experimental psyop? Like, when you think about it, we talked about population control in the past. And I don't want to veer too far away from predictions, but... It seems like HIV was a really good experiment in trying to control an entire generation, if not two generations of people. I, I think so. I think it was meant to have implications for what was called the sexual revolution of the late 60s and early 70s. It was meant to have a direct impact on the you know, gay community. It was meant to be 
an attack on the entire population of Africa. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't killing the entire population of Africa. A lot of people in Africa were getting HIV like they get malaria, and they were living with it, and it wasn't killing them. But boy, did the treatments start killing a lot of people in Africa. And that's one of the one of the things about this is it does seem like their intention is to lower life expectancy, to clear out the nursing homes so that they don't have as many elderly people to care for with their single payer health care and with their social security direct payments to the elderly. Like every country in the world is is going to get rid of its elderly through what is effectively a youth euthanasia program. Um, so one of the predictions you could make for next year, and I don't feel good about this, but I do think it's coming. I think life expectancy in the United States will continue to drop. It dropped in the last two years by about two years. And uh, I also think uh, populations are going to drop. And I don't know by how much. I was very, very happy to see in the Ozark Herbal Database, uh, Dakota sent me some information about how to find the treatment protocols for detoxification from the jab. So if you've been jabbed and you've been boosted and you say to yourself, well, I was mistaken. I did the wrong thing. I shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to do it again. That's a good start. Don't take any more of these injections and then what do you need to do what can i do to you know get rid of that and one of the things that i think people should look at and in terms of evaluating the spiritual darkness of what's happened is that this social distancing thing is evil it's not just mistaken it's not just a little bad it's terrible it's a terribly evil thing what you're saying is that if what they are saying, what they are saying is that if people hug one another, that's transmitting a disease, which they now say, unless you are in close quarters inside a home or an apartment for four hours or longer, then you can transmit the disease. They're saying that now. But for two years, we've been told to socialize, keep your distance, don't get too close, don't hug each other, don't be happy, don't smile at each other, put on a mask. And that's evil. And we're raising a, a generation of children who think that there's something wrong with touching one another. They're, they're, they're being trained to walk in the hallways, not next to their friends, but distant from their friends, keeping their distance. And this is, this is terribly, terribly demonically evil. And it's deliberate. And it's wrong. And, and one of the best things you can do if you've been jabbed or if you know someone who's been jabbed, give them a hug. Human contact reduces the, the immunosuppression of all of those things that, you know, anxiety and depression and, and adrenaline that, that, that rob the immune system of its ability to fight off disease and poison. So I think that's an important thing to remember is, is that it's good to hug one another and it's good to be close to people. It's good to have human content. Take off the fucking masks and smile at each other. Smile and be happy. Laughter is really good medicine and it's good for you. No, it is. And 
I would also add that one of the impacts of this, and I think it's part of the purpose of this, is it's also controlled human communication, authentic human discourse. And the one thing they don't want people doing right now, especially around the holidays, is having honest conversations about reality. Right. You know? That's right. They want to try to suppress our, if you will, social immune system. When we used to watch television as kids, my brothers and I would make fun of the ads. We had a, a, a television with, with sort of de minimis. In 1968, Dad thought he wanted to watch the political conventions in, in Chicago and wherever the Republican convention was, I don't know, San Francisco or something. And, and, and so he bought a television and was in the living room in the summer of 1968. And it did not have a remote control. So when it moved down into the basement the following year, I was the remote control. My brother would say, hey, Tim, why don't you get up and change the channel? There might be something in channel four that's interesting. you know. And there were like three network stations. There was a PBS station, and then there was, I think, two or maybe three uh, UHF stations that we could tune in. And, you know, and it was, sometimes it was, you know, move the antenna a little bit, Jim, because we weren't getting Channel 41 and we couldn't watch the Star Trek syndication. <laughs> but but we, would, we, would, we would watch the commercials and we would find the flaw in what they were saying. We would say, okay, well, that's not logical, that's stupid. You know, if, it, if you think it's butter, but it's not, it's parquet. Well, oh, no, sorry, chiffon. If you think it's butter, but it's not a chiffon, well, what if it's a horse? What you know? If you think it's butter, but it's not a but, it's not butter. What could it be? It could be snot. You know, it could be any number of things. And we would find the flaw in the in the in the television news. We would we would we would talk critically about that. And uh, you know, the idea that people are now challenging the the received wisdom and the and the mainstream narrative and putting that on their Facebook. Well, now. Now Facebook says, well, we're going to have an opinion about that and we're going to force your post to bear our opinion because we're not a messenger. We're not a messenger. We're not carrying messages like your SMS or like Telegram or Signal. We're actually going to add to the message and we're going to say, no, you're, you're being wrong. You're not allowed to have this opinion without us saying that you're also wrong. And that's just Facebook being stupid and evil. Yeah, I just the whole dance to me is funny because like you mentioned the Joe Rogan thing and I got to say, you know, even with the Joe Rogan thing, he's talking about having immunity to something I don't even think exists, dude. And I'll use my NBA basketball player analogy if you want me to, but the point is, he's talking about taking a stand for immunity against something that is a phantasm, that is a fear engine. And because he does that, he reinforces the fear, whether he realizes it or not. You know? Oh, I think that's valid. But listen, this is a man who made his career after news radio, where he was a funny character who, who fixed things and had uh, you know conservative ideas and believed in every conspiracy theory, um, which was a great character on news radio. I thought that was a hilarious show. And people can watch episodes on like one of the streaming services, I'm sure. Uh, then he got a national audience through a show called Fear Factor. And in Fear Factor, he actually had contestants who participated eating bugs. So, you know, he's <laughs> part of this weird, you know, the, 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 the 
evil people in the in power want us to eat bugs. But the the nice thing about Joe Rogan, and I have a lot of of um, I don't know if the respect is the right word, but I I accept the idea that Joe Rogan is a sincere fellow because look, he's got 13 million viewers. You know, every time he does a show. Bunches of people, millions and millions of people tune in and, and listen and watch his podcast and watch him interview Sanjay Gupta about whether or not ivermectin is, is a horse dewormer. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that, that shows that people aren't buying into the Sanjay Gupta. And if you look at, at the CNN, their top rated news show has 847,000 viewers. Right. You know, that, it just seems to me that, 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 that this is a good sign that people well, are, are rejecting the wickedness. Yeah, I mean, this is the way I look at it. If the most enlightened position at this point after two years of these lies and all the madness and all the illogic is that COVID is kind of real and a horse dewormer can cure you, then I think we're in trouble. I think we're in trouble. But I agree with you from one perspective, it may look like people are waking up or becoming aware of the lies. But truly, I think they're just settling on a lie that allows them to get through the night. Yeah, um, well, it is really horrifying to think that they've been lied to on such a massive scale that even the people charged with public health, even their own personal doctor who has in the past recommended pharmaceuticals that kill people like statin drugs uh, and has recommended that they take a course of these treatments instead of taking some herbal medicines that support their immune system. Uh, and why do the doctors do that? Well, because they get, they get kickbacks from the pharmaceutical industry. They get, they get paid off. They, they get, they get an easier life if they, if they prescribe pills. And then if there's a side effect from the pill, <laughs> that's fine. It's okay if there's a side effect because we have another pill to treat the side effect. Here are your 13 prescriptions, and it's even better than that because the government is paying for all of it by going into debt and claiming that that's your debt. And, and, and for people to actually look at the monstrosity of Nancy Pelosi front-running all of her decisions with stock picks and having millions of dollars worth of options for 2022 and beyond and having her making bank by pretending that a national debt that was agreed to by her and her colleagues, her, you know, what's the word when you have a gang of criminals? What are they? You know? I don't know. Cabal? Cohort, uh, her cohort of, you know, her, her comrades and all of this evilness. The politicians and the bureau rats spend the money. Therefore, they have the debt. It's not my debt. It's not your debt. It doesn't belong to any of the American people outside the halls of Congress because we didn't agree to it. I didn't sign anything. I didn't vote for anything. I didn't pledge any collateral. It's not my debt. It's Nancy Pelosi's debt. But she is going to say that the, 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 the banks, when they call the notes get to seize the land of the United States, get to put the American people in, in, in slavery. I don't know what the, the deal is, but yeah. it's not my debt and it's not your debt. It's her debt. Uh, and she is, is extraordinarily wealthy. She mm -hmm. is lording it over everyone else, and she likes that. She went on her 
television show, and I think this was in 2020. She got on television. She was interviewed in front of her freezer full of ice cream. thirteen dollars an ounce ice cream or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what's that? That's somebody who is an arrogant pig and wants to make everyone else feel bad about how wealthy she is and how they don't have the good ice cream. But from a that's trauma, yeah, and I agree. But from a trauma-based mind control perspective, that's called that's called twisting the knife when she yeah. did the ice cream thing. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and and this is and this is part of that whole spiritual darkness picture. Yeah. We are having the knife twisted all the time now. They used to think that you know we'll only do this occasionally, but they've they've really really turned up the heat. And they've done it every angle. Like it's not just against the quote unquote right, but they do it against the left also quote unquote. I don't think these political distinctions are very meaningful, but they're doing it within the whole Overton window. The whole Overton window is getting broken every day, and they're replacing it every day. And in the process, people are getting shards in their eyes, and everybody. So like the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, dude, that was that was one of those moments where people say, ha-ha, but this time it's the right saying ha-ha towards the left. It's, it's that kind of stuff going back and forth. And the only purpose I see to it is the same purpose I saw almost two years ago, to keep people angry, confused sad, upset, and immobilized. And in many places, overdosing on drugs and having heart attacks and committing suicide, and that's probably just gravy to them. You know? I think so. And I think this is this is a deliberate aspect of things, is that they want everybody to be going nuts. And one of the symptoms of that, I saw a news story, and I saw it in a couple of places, so it seems to be like something that happened. This guy in California bought some body armor and he bought some rifles and he bought some ammo and he loaded up his car and he drove and he got as far as Iowa before they, they pulled him over for something and they looked into it and he was headed to Washington, D.C. with the intention of killing, you know, Fauci and Bill Gates and, and the president. And, you know, and that's a symptom. That's that's like this thing that happened with your neighbor, with the dogs barking at each other, and the the neighbor fellow, you know, loses it. Um, it's 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 an indication that that the the whatever they're trying to do with this spirit cooking, they're getting up to the temperature that they seem to want, where people are beginning to do things that are kind of nuts. Yeah. I, I want to move on to the next thing, but before we do, I want to talk a little bit about motivation. You know, Jim mentioned the way in which pharmaceutical companies influence your physicians. But prior to 2020, there was this thing called preventable hospital-acquired infection that killed hundreds of thousands of people in horrible ways in U.S. hospitals every single year, which means in the previous 10 years, probably a couple million people were killed by American hospitals. That's fungal infections, that's MRSA, that's random viruses that the best bioweapons lab could never come up with because the best bioweapons labs are American hospitals. So when people say, why would hospitals lie? Well, on the one side of the ledger, Jim, you got a liability. And on the other side of the ledger, you have a giant check from the NHS or the CDC or the NIH or whoever. Well, it kind of makes sense to lie to get your giant $35,000 check, doesn't it, Jim? Instead, instead to admit that once again you killed somebody. Absolutely. And if the hospital administrator was reading his memos, he found out in 2020, early on, 
in 2020 if there was a person who died with a diagnosis of COVID-19, $1,000 was deposited in the bank account of that hospital. So guess what? Nearly everything became a COVID-19 death. And this is another aspect of where it's all just shenanigans and lies. And I think there are hospital administrators who really ought to look in the mirror at themselves and reflect on whether or not they can continue doing this from day to day. And if they can, the people in their communities should reflect whether it would be a good idea to drag that person from their home and take all of their stuff and sell it on eBay and distribute that money to the victims of that evil little troll. Yeah. And that goes for everybody in Congress too. I think we're I think we're more or less at that point. Um, and, and, you know, it's next topic is generally economics about 2022. And before I, before I go to you, I'm just going to say this. I think best case scenario, we are in the midst of U.S. dollar collapse. Some people say we're at the edge of a crack up boom. I know that Ron Paul said that back in 2019, I had a podcast podcast, which is now available in my archives again, called The Screw Belie. And I said, this is something that's going to happen within a few months. I didn't really see the monkey herpes austerity program, but I saw the, you know, like many people, probably like yourself, I saw the economic world kind of falling apart. If you ask me, I think 2022 is going to be about currency collapse. And we could see by the end of 2022, the U.S. dollar, maybe it won't be collapsed like Zimbabwe crazy, but I have a feeling it could be in bad shape. That's my economic prediction for 2022. Well, I think that's a valid prediction, brother. And if we look at the Turkish lira, we can see the same sort of thing happening as a sort of microcosm. Um, And one of the things that happens when the currency collapses is very often the people who think they have political power begin to scurry for, you know, other countries. Suddenly, you know, they load up their Swiss bank accounts, and they're, oh, hey, I'm no longer in Washington or Delaware. Well, can I pause you on that for a second? And you you and I have spoken about this, like prior to 2020, there was a a huge slew of CEOs who um, resigned, who retired, like over a thousand, I think, in 2018. 1,200 by the end of 2019. Right. It was a huge number. But the other thing, I've used this analogy in the past when it comes to President Obama and potentially President Kamala Harris at some point. Um, And 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 I'm going to use a different version. One version is, you know, hey, Dad, give me the keys to the car. This is the version of playing basketball in grade school where you get to the final quarter and one team is ahead so far that both teams decide to put in their third third, um, string. And when I look at like Twitter, for example, Twitter, you know, Jack Dorsey left Twitter and now there's a whole new CEO that I'd never heard of before. You look across the American landscape of business and the world landscape, and it looks like a lot of third stringers are starting to get a chance. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so we're not only being traumatized by people who are fundamentally evil, they're not even the best, the best they've yeah, but to me, that implies that I, I kind of I don't see a future. 
in any functional sense to this kind of military psychological warfare. I don't see a future to it. Like, like there's no end state where you end up with some cadre of superhumans who want to do nothing but good for the state. All I see is madness, you know? Right, and, and this is something you've said. It's, it's, like, it's like using a bunch of nuclear weapons on the battlefield. Does this ever go well? Using chemical and biological weapons, does this ever go well? No. Once you let this, these genies out of the bottle, they turn out to be, you know, ravening madness. And psychological operations are the same yep. or worse in that you don't have any direction. You don't have any control. What you've done is you've released all controls. You've decided, well, screw it, we won't have any control at all. We'll just just destroy the whole concept of a future. And that's really, really, really dark. It is. It is. It's kind of like these logistics stories, and they've been showing up ever since 2020. Somebody hacked Tyson Foods. There's a stack of container ships off the coast. And the one thing they stuck a container ship in the <laughs> Suez Canal. Oh, she didn't know how to drive. It's sad. You know, you remember the Ever Given got its cock stuck in the uh, Suez Canal or something, right? <laughs> oh man, I, I, I stuck my tongue on the frozen pool, you know, and poor old Flick. But the thing is, there have been all these weird logistics stories, and the one thing they all have in common is that they're really good excuses for currency collapse. Like, if you can't get stuff from overseas in the same way you used to be able to, then it's great to say, well, we just don't have enough people to unload the ships. You know what I'm saying? And as far as, you know, Jim, we've talked about austerity. And and again, you know, after this discussion of logistics, I want to pass it off to you to talk about some of your subjects related to economics. But we've talked about austerity. Back in 2013, when the Cyprus thing happened, one of the things I said to a sibling was, I don't see how they could do it here. And then came the COVID and the, and the, the race war nonsense and the commies marching up and down streets. And all of a sudden it became clear, not only did they do austerity here, but they probably did it in much of the developed world and they're still doing it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like best case scenario, it's dollar collapse. What do you think? Um, I, I think it's got to be more than that. But yes, it's clear that they have been very successful in imposing austerity on everyone and discouraging people from going on trips. And it, it's really wild to me that one of the outcomes of that was that you couldn't take a cruise ship in the second half of 2021 without having proof of vaccination and boosterism and whatever else it is. And every single one of these cruise ships turns out to be a place where you can catch the, the coof. Yeah. They, they're now testing positive on cruise ships, even though the entire population on the cruise ship, including the crew, including all of the servers, including all of the people that they randomly contact, they're all, they're, they're all vaccinated, but they're all getting the thing. So what, what the hell is that? There's some guy who's uh, making the headlines today. He claims it's, you know, this is the 250th time that he's tested positive and he can't go play soccer or whatever it is he does. I don't, at least athletes, I don't care. But, you know, uh, 
what is that? What that is 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 garbage, and I I am impressed by the extent to which they are having dollar collapse without having people want to go and have a vacation. Ah,、uh, you can't go have a vacation. You might be out in the sunshine, and that would be good for your immune system. Better stay home. What? I know. <laughs> It's crazy, dude. Hey, in your notes, you mentioned some companies, and I'd like to go down the list.、Um, you mentioned Robinhood, you mentioned、yeah. Pfizer, you mentioned Coinbase, and we can talk about each one of these separately. You mentioned Tesla, TikTok, and the whole Facebook Meta thing. And I was wondering if you'd like to go into that a bit. Well, I think some of these are really interesting stories about you know what is going on instead of people having a fun time in life. Robinhood, for instance, is an interesting experiment by some of the big finance companies in front-running their own user base. So, what is Robinhood? You know, well, it's rob from the rich, give to the poor, right? That's that's the Robinhood story as it's summarized by people who apparently never read any of the legendary stories of Rob. But、uh, he actually, you know, he actually robbed from the tax collectors in return to the people who were being improperly taxed. But but leaving that aside, what are they doing? They they've created this 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 fun little app. For a while, every time a trade completed, there would be fireworks on your screen. That was meant to make the young, you know, the twenty somethings very excited that they had done something. Oh look, the app is showing me that I've done something. Woohoo! You know, dopamine hit. Exactly. <laughs> and and so they they have you know millions of users who are now、um, and there are, there are more. I mean, one of my predictions for 2022 is there will be more people stupid enough to use Robinhood and similar you know free、uh, trading apps. And 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 so how are they making money? Well, they might be you know、uh, monetizing the eyeballs with advertisements. But more likely, what they're doing is their, you know, user community is creating these these discussions about different stocks, and that sets in motion a surge in buying or selling of a particular stock. And the, the people who own Robinhood are both front running those orders and getting in ahead of their own customers. And also monetizing the data set by selling that off to other people. And while it was a, a, a thing, it was doing really, really well. And then you know people began to scrutinize and were like, "Wait a minute!" And so I think I don't know. I think it, it, it went public and the stock ran up to like ninety or some large number, close to three digits, but not quite. And now it's plunged back to like eighteen dollars. And I think that this is a this is a s- symptom of people in the finance industry, you know, being just as dishonest as possible. And、uh, there was even a time when they would take off a stock; you couldn't trade the stock because they decided that you know too many people were making too much money with the I don't know I want to say the AMC stock, but I don't really know which one it was. AMC was because I don't trade, so、yeah. I'm not in the casino. I'm not there with my hand on the slot machine. I'm <laughs> not, you know, I'm not addicted to this. I got out of the stock market. When when I saw a price to earnings ratio of thirty for the stocks that my dad had given me, 
you know, he gave me a few shares when I was a kid of General Tire. And when it had a five or a 10 price earnings ratio, I understood that that was an old mainline, you know, uh, company that did automobile tires. And if it had a five or a 10 multiple, that, that made sense. And then it started showing up with a 30 in the late nineties. And I was like, I don't understand this. I sold because I didn't understand it at 60. And I looked a few years later just because I was curious and it had a price of like a hundred dollars a share. I was like, how does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. It's all the madness of crowds. And so one of the things that I think is symptomatic of that is companies like Robin. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, and I don't really want to add much to that because I think you pretty much summarized it very well. It's hard to know. I didn't really dig too deep into the whole GameStop, AMC type stuff because it just looked like a big joke to me. And, and you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, and I think this is true when you were a young adult too, Jim, there were these things called arcades. And they were brand new, and you go to an arcade, if you got a quarter, you can go play Asteroids or some video game. It was fun. You know, video game arcades were fun. And in a lot of ways, the markets look like the video game arcade. You can still find them. They're out there. But they're, you know, you got the cigarette smoke smell and the whiskey that's been poured down the pinball machine. And, you know, <laughs> you know and, and it's just, it's kind of greasy, and it's just not the same thing. It's, I, I don't know. I'm not really – I don't have any fear of missing out. Um, I kind of yeah, feel I like – yeah, exactly. I feel like FOMO is one of those Doritos for the brain that people don't think too deeply on. And it's like, listen, fear of missing out is kind of crazy. It's like that original you know, children's TV show, The Land of the Lost, you know – you know, you know, Marshall, Will, and Holly on a three-day expedition. They had a fear of missing out, and they got stuck in the land of the lost with you know whatever Chaka and stuff. That that sucked, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure I watched that <laughs> show, but I get the point. Is that you know you got to watch out what you wish for because if you don't want to miss out, there's a lot of things that you're gonna be encounter. Well, I would say that the American culture machine, and I want to call it the pop culture machine because I don't think it's a marketplace, but the American pop culture machine does a really good job of pushing this idea that if you're not the newest and the latest, if you're not up with whatever's happening, you're a loser. Right. And so we have the picture of the metaverse. This is what Facebook's decided to pivot to. They've decided that they're tired of being criticized for being wrong all the time and for being evil and for you know not allowing people to have their own opinions. And that's obviously going to chase people off their platform. So what have they done? They've, they've decided that, that the way in which they're going to have their user community not look like complete absolute losers is they're going to have their users strap a tin can over their eyes and look at a television and have gloves on that give them little tinglies. And that's going to be the metaverse that you're going to enter into this alternate reality and not, and not, and I'm sorry, you're not looking like a complete loose loser. I, I listen, I geeked out and nerded on a lot of really wild stuff and I've stared at a computer screen more than is good for my eyesight 
but I'm not going to scrap these things. You know, if it were goggles and I were interacting with reality in some way, I could see it as being maybe not a complete idiocy. But these people who, you know, you, you see pictures of them in their living room with their with their friends and family around them, and they've got the, the metaverse goggles, and they strap them on, and they can't see. It's ridiculous. It. You remember when Saturday Night Live used to be funny? I, I do. Okay. I, I and, remember it with, with fondness in the 70s and the 80s. And Chevy you, Chase was a funny man. Yeah, and even some of the 90s. And there's this one 90s commercial they did about these virtual reality goggles. And my gosh, they looked heavy and painful. And you put them on so you could read a book. The guy puts on these virtual reality goggles. And then a book appears in front of him. And so he can flip pages and stuff. And it's really great. But it looks like the most neck-straining, painful thing ever. Right. And, and, and there are still, and this is part of the joy of my life, is that there are still these things called books. I just went up to High Hill, Missouri, and I got two boxes of my books that my friends from Colorado brought to me. And I'm really, really thankful and glad and happy. And I have books that I can, you know, I don't need goggles to read books. I can just pick up a book. And I have some recommendations, you know, for 2022. If people have not read Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s The Real Anthony Fauci, I recommend it. I think that's a good book. I, if you have not read Coup in Dallas by H.P. L. Borelli, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, I, I would strongly recommend you go get that or, you know, read at least read about these books online and, and try to come to some understanding that the world you've been told is not the way it really is. And the Coup in Dallas was 1963. They overthrew the elected government of the United States because the people, the Nazis running the CIA, didn't like it, didn't like John F. Kennedy, didn't like his you know, Bay of Pigs choices, didn't like the fact that he was issuing silver certificates so that the money could actually be redeemed for silver, didn't like that, didn't like him at all, wanted him to go, and so they, they killed him. Yeah. They killed him in a brutal public daylight, you know, murder. Which is a message in and of itself, isn't it? Like, if, if only on an unconscious level, the message is, we are in, we are in control. That's the message, and 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 they, they they followed it up with another murder, right? Jack Ruby goes in the in the parking garage of of, of the courthouse or the jail, and and shoots Lee Oswald in the stomach, and empties a, a revolver into the kit. And the Patsy, yeah. and you know this is this is also a public, you know, daytime. You know, see what we can do. We can do anything. We can not only kill your president, but we can kill the guy we want you to finger for the deal. And 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 then what can we do? We can have Alan Dulles, the most psychopathic mass murdering pig the CIA ever had is the coordinator with the Warren Commission on the CIA information about the, the assassination. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that a clever trick? And that's because Lyndon Johnson was a piece of garbage. He was a piece of garbage in the 30s when he was you know, running drinks to the guys in the Shamrock Hill 
who actually made all the decisions about Houston. And, you know, he was a piece of garbage when he ran for the Senate, and he was a piece of garbage when he ran for president. Quite well, he ran for vice president first. You know, nobody, nobody could imagine Lyndon Johnson being president. But he was the exact kind of obedient little gopher that they wanted. Yeah. They got no, it's pretty creepy. Um, before we go on to the next subject, which is, you know, another ominous one, um, I read an article on Zero Hedge today uh, where they talked about a documentary in Denmark about Danish orphans back in the 60s and probably later being put through experiments by the CIA. Um, and dozens of these kids, right? Yeah. Not just one or two, but... You know, part of the MK Ultra program was to completely, uh, you know, abuse these children in a way that, you know, if if they had parents and were not wards of the Danish state, they would never have been treated this way. And it's one of the signs and indications that, you know, people say that the Danish people were clever and hid all of their Jewish neighbors from the Nazis and the fact that they, their government more or less rolled over when the Germans began to invade the Low Countries. You know, what? The Danish people have spirit and they're not Nazi. Bullshit. Look at this. Look at this and tell me that the Danes aren't something evil. And look at the Swedes. You know, the Swedes in the 1970s were still sterilizing people. One woman was sterilized because as a kid she couldn't read the blackboard. And rather than getting eyeglasses, they decided that she was stupid, that she was she was mentally retarded, and they and they forcibly sterilized her. Sweden is is held up as a model by the socialists of you know the the, the good Nordic approach to everything, and 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 I I spit on that. I just spit in the in the face of anyone who comes to me with this kind of garbage. These are orphans, dozens and dozens of them. And they're being strapped in the basement to, to beds and being given intravenous LSD at doses that would kill people. And, 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 the, and the CIA is doing this to see how disoriented they can be made and how they can be, you know, their entire mind can be wiped clean. How, how is that? Any, any, why are you doing this? Why? Why do you want to do that to other people? Oh, no reason. We're just crazy. You know, it's like, why does Anthony Fauci want to strap beagles to a to a to a to a table and then have sand flies eat their face off? Oh, no reason. Just, you know. Well, it kind of makes you wonder, especially when it comes to the Fauci, um, that Fauci torture, whether that, you know, we know it wasn't about science. It what it looks like is a ritual. Um, it does. It also looks like it's a power trip. Yeah. I'm in control. I can do anything I want. I will get away with it, and I will get rich doing it. And that's Anthony Fauci. Yeah. And this is a man who needs to have his wealth and assets taken away from him, and he needs to spend the rest of his life making the big rocks into gravel, and the money from the gravel sales goes to his victims too. He cannot be trusted with anything but, you know, a well guarded, I don't know, I wouldn't even give him a sledgehammer, I'd give him a, a you know, I'd give him a little tiny rock hammer like in the Shawshank Redemption. Jim, you, you remember... months making the rocks into little bits of gravel. Exactly. You remember what they, what they, what they infamously call episode six, which is also Return of the Jedi, right? 
Okay, but in the beginning of Return of the Jedi, there's this giant desert creature that digests you slowly over thousands of years. Yes! That's yes, what I want for Anthony Fauci, okay? I feel yeah. like that's just. I think him and Bill Gates and a whole bunch of people can hang out, you know, Jenny Jerkin and all the governor jerks and mayor jerks. They can all oh, sit out. The CEO out. of Pfizer. Yep. And that stomach acid that slowly digests you, I feel like that's appropriate. I, I do think that there's a, a place in our universe for people being slowly tormented, and there is a place in, you know, in the Bible that talks about this place. Jesus is rather specific about the, you know, the, the end times and how, you know, Satan is chained in a fiery lake, and that, you know, hell wouldn't be necessary for sinners if they would repent. But there are unrepentant and there are some who, you know, their souls need to burn. They just do. I don't have an answer for it except, yeah, God's right about that too. Well, and, and, and again, we're going to switch topics here in a second, but you brought up Malachi 4 in the past, and I don't, you don't have to go too deep into that. But whether it's the issue of the Danish children or, as you well know, indigenous children in the United States and Canada, I mean – there are lists of these populations that have been so marginalized, including the African-American community and other communities. I would say the gay and lesbian community. There are all these communities that were so marginalized that nobody cared if they were basically guinea pigs. Nobody cared that during the HIV crisis that it's entirely plausible that the gay and lesbian community, the queer community, was being used as experimental subjects. They were, you know, it's like, it's almost as if um, our society gave ourselves permission to not just violate the Nuremberg Code, but to just go ahead and just practice the same thing. I mean, and again, if it's a marginalized population, nobody cares, right? Well, I care, and you care, and that's the interesting thing about all this, is that I don't believe in collective guilt. I don't believe that the American people had any power over Alan Dulles and the CIA and the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover and J. Edgar Hoover's cross-dressing boyfriend, Roy Cohn, just as I don't believe that we have any power over Peter Thiel and this young, attractive, good-looking man that he has imported from Austria, who was briefly the youngest chancellor of Austria. I don't think we have any power over these people, but they have power over us. Palantir is looking at everybody's metadata, looking at every single piece of information there is, and coming up with understanding and strategy to try to, I don't know what Palantir wants. I, I know what it is in the Tolkien books, though. It's not good. You know, so the Palantir stones are, are the way in which the, the, the evil one, you know, sees the other uh, powerful people around Middle Earth. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of Peter Thiel, but, but, but leaving that aside, the idea that the American people are to blame for, uh, let's say, the war in Vietnam is complete nonsense to me because the American people voted for John F. Kennedy who was trying to end the war in Vietnam and not have the U.S. escalate. And... That wasn't okay with the people who wanted to make lots of war profits from selling Bell helicopters to the military. And so they killed John F. Kennedy and they put in Lyndon Johnson. So how do the American people have any responsibility? 
Oh, I, I think you're right. didn't yeah. rise up. My parents' generation didn't rise up when that happened. Okay. And I, you know, I was in high school when they began looking at the assassinations of both Kennedys and Martin Luther King and concluded that there were conspiracies involved and then closed the books for 25 years. Said, well, you know, we're not going to look at it. We don't want to look at it, but in the future, somebody will look at it and they'll conclude something. What the hell is that? That's 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 the that's the Congress being, you know, intimidated. That's that's the people in Congress, the supposed representatives of the American people, being too timid and weak to stand up to the people who have pictures of them in bed with, you know, a dead girl or a live boy. And that's the FBI. And that's every single FBI agent knows it, and they like it. They like the fact that they're involved in an agency that traumatizes children and rapes them and sells the photographs to the people who want power over politicians. And every FBI agent is personally, individually responsible for all of that. And if they want to do something about it, if they want to apologize for their role in all this, I have an answer. Quit your job. That's all I ask. Just stop doing this. Stop it. Wouldn't that be a fair thing with respect to predictions in 2022? If you were going to have some type of um, olive branch vis-a-vis people who've supported the state, wouldn't a good message be you need to resign now? I think so. I mean, I think it's high time. I, I think that that accounts for some of these CEOs in 2019 and in 2020 and in 2021. They're, they're like rats leaving a sinking vessel. And that's a good, that would be a good beginning. You know, maybe you should also think about taking the money that you have earned from all of these hideous things that you've done and, and, and giving it to the poor and working for the rest of your life to try to make amends by working to help the poor. I don't know. I I don't know how a person who has been working for psychopaths makes up for all of the terrible things that they chose to do. I don't know how they do. Okay. But I think that the beginning is to stop doing more of it, okay? Stop. Stop. Okay, so next topic, and are you doing okay as far as topics go? Are you okay to hang in here longer, or do you get? Are you getting? You know, are you doing okay? Anything, uh, anything that we have on the list, man. It's, it's Christmas. It's uh, sorry, it's well, New Year's Eve. This next, what am I going to do? Yeah, uh, you know, celebrate with the people that I don't know, drinking alcohol that I don't drink. No, I. I'm happy. You know, let's do this. Well, I celebrate in all the traditional ways, but I understand what you're saying. I go up into the <laughs> woods and I hunt muskrat and I hunt gumbus grease and I look for the, well, what are called the gorizlies because it turns out gorillas and grizzlies are making babies in the Uinta Mountains. And so we have gorizlies now and they're just really scary. Half gorilla. Okay, and when you, when, when you get onto these little <laughs> things, you always preface it by saying all the traditional way. <laughs> then you mentioned, you know, chimera that no one has ever heard of before. It's not just like cryptids where people are like, well, it's the Mothman. No, I mean, people have heard of that. Go Rizzlies. Okay, so the gorillas from Africa and the grizzly bears from the Pacific Northwest are pretty interesting. 
Yeah, they're breeding. outside of the zoo. Sir, well, the you zoo. know, they tested a lot of nuclear weapons in Nevada back in the fifties and sixties, <laughs> and a lot of that fallout settled, you know, around about where I live. So there's a lot of that mutational nonsense happening, man. You just never know. Okay, but you know, are they importing the gorillas? Well, I the gorillas are escaped. They're escaped experimental gorillas, and there are actually grizzlies in the Rockies and. You know, let's just there call are them, grizzlies in the Rockies. It's the true. Brown bear. Let's call them brown bear. But I'm just kidding. There are no go grizzlies. That would be terrible. Next topic is a really. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. There are no go grizzlies. Okay, we don't need another thing to be scared of. There are no go grizzlies. Okay. You're not pumping the fear porn. Come on. Uh, no. You're not American if you don't have the fear porn. Well, the next topic in terms of 2022 is a real happy one, and we can spend as much time or as little as you want. And the topic is war. And I'm not going to talk about one specific spot. You know, people, you know, there's the issue in the Ukraine that's been an open source since 2014. There's the constant warmongering of China. There's the there's the reemergent missile gap psyop from the 60s, which has reemerged as the hypersonic missile gap, which you know kind of makes sense in this technotronic age. Um, the topic is war and rumors of war. And what do you what think? What is it good for? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. It's a broken window machine, dude. If you think yeah, of it from Russia would be so proud. <laughs> well, it's like if you had an, a reverse, if you had a reverso Bastiat that believed nothing but nonsense, the opposite of Bastiat, he would say, you know what we need? We need a an institution that does nothing but go around and just blow shit up. And, and, and they're, they're breaking the Overton window, too. I was thinking about Bastiat when you were talking about that earlier. I was like, yeah, Bastiat would be so proud. <laughs> we're not just breaking the, the, the physical, but also the metaphorical windows. <laughs> We're busting out all over the place, Jim. So the Glaciers Union can be, or Guild can be, very, very happy knowing that we have lots and lots, lots of repair work on our Overton windows. <laughs> well, I, I, I really have trouble getting over the whole PBS interviewing Victoria Newland and not playing the tape of her... A uh, little phone call where she says, fuck the EU, um, and not challenging her on that, but treating her as though she were a perfectly ordinary person who you know, has some expertise in Eastern Europe, especially the Ukraine, and then not mentioning that she and her coterie of CIA and State Department monsters overthrew the legitimate elected government of the Ukraine in order to have rioting in the streets and in order to have, you know, over 100 people shot to death by snipers, some of whom were, you know, part of kill teams from the CIA. And, and, and she wasn't confronted about her personal individual responsibility for the 2014 destruction of the legitimate elected government of the Ukraine. And what was their crime? Well, their crime was to not be paying off, you know, Joe Biden's family and to be accepting an aid package from Russia that had no strings attached. So they had to go. 
just like JFK had to go. That's who I'm saying you are, Victoria Newland. I'm saying that you're part and parcel of the same philosophical murder of John F. Kennedy. That's who you are. You are an evil little troll. You are a horrifyingly putrescent ugliness. And, you know, you're like a pustule. And somebody should just, you know, pop the pus and, and make it all go away. Clean that up. And then the, the, you know, the immune system can take care of the body once, once the pustule is, has been broken open. It's, it's madness. Um, I, so are there going to be wars and rumors of war before Jesus comes back? I do believe it says that. In the Bible. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, I, I'm having a problem these days looking at it from the perspective of legitimate strategic competition because I'm of the opinion that below the surface there's a lot more coordination between world leaders than not. Um, we just don't see it. Oh. And, and yeah, because I just I don't really know that – let me put it this way. The Cold War benefited many parties. It also benefited the Soviets and certain power structures within the Soviet Union. Not the Russian people. It didn't benefit the American people. But in terms of the people that ran the world, quote-unquote, from 1945 until 1991, roughly. Oh, it's worse than that, brother. If you read Anthony Sutton's books, you'll, you'll, you'll see that it, the Soviet Union has started with a $10 million check written by Jacob Schiff. Right. You know. In 1917, they funded, they Schiff funded the uh, Japanese militarists and, and, and organized a $100 million loan so that they had the bigger Navy in 1905 so they could defeat the Russians. I mean, this this, this stuff has been around for forever. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the Wall Street bankers, Wall Street and Hitler, Wall Street and Stalin, Wall Street and Mao, Wall Street and the Japanese militarists, Wall Street and the GCHQ of Great Britain, Wall Street and the CIA, it's all mixed together. And so, yes, it, there's high-level coordination. The people who make money from this just want to make more money, and so they want another war. And that's one of the things that people need to wake up to is that supporting the troops is uh, psychobabble. It's stupid. Stop supporting the troops. Bring them home. If you want to support the troops, have them stop being troops. Yeah. That's the thing is, is that we're all brothers and sisters. Human beings, you know, the, the, the color of your skin and the way in which you worship God doesn't change the fundamental biological fact that we're all human beings. We can all make babies together. And if, if the centerpiece of your philosophy is nothing, which is what nihil you know, is, not nihilism is, there's nothing at the core, well, then the center cannot hold. You can't have a philosophy based around nothing. But if the center of your philosophy is love, love your neighbor as yourself, love your enemies, love your family, feed God's sheep, then you have a core of righteousness, of decency. And that's really what Jesus was saying. That's really what Jesus is still saying, because Jesus is alive. The resurrection means death has been defeated. No, that's right. Um, you know, so I'm of the opinion there's more coordination than not amongst these leaders. And as far as the war goes, here's my perspective for 2022. 
I believe that the major governments of the planet Earth at this point, and this is my opinion, Jim, despite all the rhetoric, are an incredibly weak position. Like, I don't really know. I don't know what the Chinese communists could do. I don't know if they could launch their military towards Taiwan and if the net effect would be victory. Part of me wonders if the net effect wouldn't be the, the collapse of the Chinese government. And the same thing with the United States and Russia. I don't know if there's a government on Earth right now that could do more than just talk about World War III. And that may sound crazy, but I just don't know. I don't know that the... I don't know there's any evidence that the Russian people support it or the American people support it, but there's a lot of this BS rhetoric we get fed. And so I just don't know, dude. I, I look at the picture, and if they decided to start a war, that would be taking things to the level where they will be losing complete control, I think. Well, and I look back in the past, and I think to myself, well, this is why those things happened in 1979. In 1978, the Congress passed and the President signed the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. You can look it up. And it says that companies like United Fruit you know, should not be involved in the overthrow of the governments of Central America in order to have secure fruit for their Minute Maid orange juice. Right. And it says that International Telephone and Telegraph was doing wrong things. And so the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act was meant to limit the influence that major corporations had over you know, foreign governments in bribery and in paid assassinations and all of this other stuff. And it looked like people were taking the Frank Church you know, Committee of the United States Senate seriously, and they were thinking about putting some actual controls over the FBI and the CIA. And, you know, and instead what we have are these, these, these trolls like Dianne Feinstein pretending they have power, uh, you know, through the oversight committees of the intelligence agencies. And all they are are people who are just making bank and rolling around in the greed and corruption. And, but, 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 you know, what happened after that? What happened after Jimmy Carter signed that into law? Well, guess what? Two big things. One, the, the Shah of Iran, you know, was overthrown. And so there was a big scandal about that. And then, and then Russia invaded Afghanistan. And given that the Wall Street bankers controlled, you know, the Soviet Union the whole time, well, that was just part and parcel of, of their control. Well, order, order, order the Soviets to do something, and, and they did. And what happened to them? Ten years ten, invading Afghanistan, which seems like, you know, the, one, of the, one of the big countries, the Soviet Union, invades one of the tiny countries that's notoriously poor, one of the poorest places on Earth. And they, uh, they get stuck to the tar baby for ten years. And in 1989, you know, they, 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 they've lost control of Eastern Europe and the whole Soviet Union system is collapsing. Um, I think you're right. I mean, if, 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 if China were to invade Taiwan in 2022, they would still be in the hills of, because Taiwan's mountains exist, you know, there are a lot of mountains. And they would be up in those hills in 2032, still fighting that war while the Chinese government collapsed. 
And, you know, I can't think of, of a more just outcome. I really think they deserve. The people who are running China, they, they murdered 78 million Falun Gong and sold their organs. And they sold the bodies to Bally's Las Vegas, which has an exhibit of political prisoner bodies showing all of the different body parts. And this is, you know, you can go to Bally's Las Vegas and, 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 and look at the human beings. This is, you know, this is sick. This is part of the sickness of war. I don't know what else to say about it. It's pretty, it's pretty terrible, and I don't want to spend too much more time on the war topic because it's just terrible. Um, I would mention a couple other things. I don't I, – I think there's reason to believe that we are not going to be I – don't, I don't know. I, I thought a few years ago it was possible, but things like nuclear war, for example, is it possible they could do something like that? It is possible, but it also seems like another thing they might not be able to do. Like I just don't know how much control – the people, and I don't mean the president, I mean the cadres of people who think they run the world. I don't know how much control they really have at this point other than fear. And maybe that's I always been either. the case, you know. And, and you, you've talked about the, the, the complex, and, you know, the mechanisms for a nuclear weapon are not simple. And when you have a nuclear weapon, necessarily you have a radioactive core you know it's not critical until you blow it up in a way that causes the 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 pressure to be much higher and then at the higher pressure it's a critical mass and so necessarily that device is destroying itself because it's ionizing radiation is you know even with rat hardened electronics you're still having a lot of continual radiation you cannot build in 1965 a nuclear bomb or bomblet you know part of the MERV multiple independent reentry vehicle warheads yes you can't build one in 1965 and expect it to be working in 2022 it's not going to work why isn't it going to work? Because things are limited and stuff falls apart. And when you have a heavy ionizing radiation right up against the, the, the other side of a, even if it's a lead shield, it's not going to be enough for decades of, of degradation. And so people who are reasonably intelligent have to go in and fix these things and they have to make new ones. And what is that? It's an opportunity for lots and lots of people to introduce little tiny errors so that things don't actually – I mean, you could launch all of the nuclear missiles tomorrow if you were the president, which you would not do and I would not do. But, you know, that person could do that and, and not one of them would work. And I would not be at least surprised. Why should they work? <laughs> you know, because I, I think, it's like having, you know – Boiling water nuclear reactors work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes effort. And you don't get the second stringers to do that. The second stringers aren't going to keep the nukes running. No, they're not. You're right. I mean, it's like, okay, before we go to the next topic, there was this article that came up, and I think it was in 2019, about (laughs) how the Trump administration had authorized the Navy to move to these smaller nuclear weapons that were like five kilotons. 
And I thought to myself, you know, that's roughly the size of an initiator for a thermonuclear weapon, which would imply that all you need to do is remove the tritium. Once the tritium's gone, all you have are a bunch of 5 and 10 kiloton nuclear weapons. Um, yeah. And so it, it does make you wonder, like, do we currently have the capacity? Because you do. You have to periodically take these nuclear weapons out of service and rebuild them. Um, as Jim pointed out, they don't. you can't just pack them in a silo for 100 years. I think every 10 years, roughly, maybe even faster than that, they have to be taken out and rebuilt. Um, you know, the plutonium core might be okay, but as Jim pointed out, there are lots of components that get degraded by radiation. Uh, and you can't possibly make a nuclear weapon so heavy that it would last 100 years and you could launch it and you could launch it. I mean, you know, you might be able to make a nuclear weapon that would last 100 years, but it's unlikely you'd launch it on any of our current rockets. And that was one of the disappointing things about the second uh, Planet of the Apes movie. I don't know if you ever saw the yeah, first yeah, Planet yeah. of the Apes movie. Yeah, the second one with the Alpha Omega bomb, the Cobalt bomb. The first movie was great because it was just the book, and Pierre Brulé wrote a really great book, and it made a good movie, and if they had just left it alone for a while, that would have been fine. But but Fox was excited that they had a success, and so they, they hired some really, really terrible actors and some really, really terrible writers, and they cooked up this thing. Yes, and they have this Alpha Omega bomb that is still an actual missile that, that they're able to, to at the end of the movie they, they, they wipe out you know the, the world with this, this this cobalt nuclear weapon and I'm like really it survived the previous nuclear war and it's been completely unmaintained and unattended to and they even show it at the end it, you know it's starting to, the missile system is starting to load its its propellants and so there's a little little outpourings of, of of gas in different places and I'm like so it's a liquid fueled rocket it magically has lasted without any maintenance a couple for thousand years centuries Jim. thousands yeah. of years yeah. it's great it's a miracle it's a miracle of human technology which is crap you know, it, it's really amazing that any of this stuff works at all. You turn on the light switch and lights come on. That is a miracle. That is a whole lot of people doing a lot of things to keep things running. And there's going to be an ice storm tomorrow. There's going to be, you know, 16-degree weather on, on Sunday. And I'm looking forward to the power being out because – that's part of the world we live in is that it takes a lot to keep the system running and it takes people. You have to have people who know what they're doing and show up to work and telling everybody that they should be afraid to go to work or if they don't volunteer to be part of an experimental injection, they're not allowed to go to work. Well, that's stupid. That's just people being stupid. And, and it makes me wonder whether the whole purpose of this exercise is to get people to go and take the government folks out of their homes and take all their stuff and sell it and give it to their victims. And, and, just, and, and when the government people say, hey, can we go back to work? Say, no, no, you? No, no, you don't need to work. You need to stop. Really, please, just stop. 
It's crazy because, you're, you know, you're right. There's a level of competence. It's not just competence. It's competence slash history that would be associated with a 50 or 60-year-old boiling water reactor, for example. And there are people that won't go to those jobs any longer. There are people they'll throw into those jobs, people who probably have more arrogance than competence. And then you can imagine the horrible things that start happening. And this is the yeah. kind, you know, and this is the kind of stuff, you know, that happened towards the end of the Soviet Union, is and that you, you you had a system that was that was purely and simply incapable of doing anything other than destruction. They um, invade Afghanistan in nineteen seventy nine, and then Chernobyl is what eighty six, I think. Right? Eighty six. That's right. Yeah, and and. Uh, you went to high school in this country. I was like, a sophomore in 86. And when you were in high school, there were these men and women of your age cohort. They're now men and women. We can say they were children at the time. But they were in the student council. The student council leadership, to the best of my recollection, there weren't any really smart people in that group. None of the National Merit Scholars in my high school were even slightly interested in politics. But all of the, the, the popular kids were interested in getting in the student council and having a say in how things were. And their say was always to listen to the principal and do whatever he said. And, and, and I, I always thought those people were stupid. I mean, I did a paper in grade school with one of them, and I thought he was kind of stupid. And I was... Actually, when, when, my, when, when, I, when my mom asked me about it, I said, well, you know, I wrote the paper and, and Mike took credit for it. And she said, well, was it a good paper? And I said, yes. So you did your part and you guys both got a good grade. Yes. And if you hadn't done your part and relied on him, you guys would have failed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I'm actually glad that he, you know, <laughs> he was a parasite and he just let me do it so I could get it done right. You know, it's like the boiling water nuclear reactors. I'm glad that they hire good people to do that who, who don't actually care about politics or, or sports. They're nerds and they just want the thing to work. And they're really kind of happy. They're, it's really neat when you can generate, you know, megawatts of electricity from a nuclear power plant. That is really cool, brother. You guys have done a great thing. The men and women who do that work are awesome persons, and, and they should be proud of themselves, and they should just be left alone to do their stuff. And the people in politics, when I was in high school, they were kind of sleazy jerks. And today, they're really basically sleazy jerks. And the ones who go into the bureaucracy and want to have power over their neighbors through OSHA and EPA and all of these other regulatory agencies, they're disgusting parasites. And I don't want to punish them. I just want them to stop. Just stop what you're doing and go get a gig. Drive for Uber. You know, deliver DoorDash. Make make some pot. Grow grow weed and sell it to your neighbor. Go split Most, a quart of wood. Split a quart of wood. There you go. It's, it, and it's outdoor exercise. It's good for you. Yeah. Do something that's constructive and stop being a parasite. That's all I ask. Just stop. Just don't do that anymore. And the world would be a better place. And in 2022, maybe we will see a, a burgeoning movement among members of the bureaucracy and among members of the political class to just not do it anymore. That would be nice. 
Well, that brings us to our next topic, which is the power of voting and how <laughs> how voting in 2022 will will, you know, it'll what is it? It's not fuck Joe Biden, it's let's go Brandon, right? That's the that's it's, the and it's now the Brandon administration. That's correct. Yeah. Do you, what do you think? Do you think that this coming midterm election will change the world? And somehow, you know, I don't even know. Is Q still a thing? Because I don't know if people are listening to Q. I don't really care. Uh, uh, I don't pay attention to the whole QAnon phenomenon. Yeah. But I, I will say that as a member of uh, the coterie of rather sophisticated uh, computer professionals who called themselves anonymous back in 2010 and 2012, uh, I knew that when QAnon popped it up, it was meant to replace and push out of the minds of people. The real work of actually exposing these, you know, monstrosities, and actually publishing like the collateral murder video and the other things that that would, these were accomplishments by people who did really good work. Ed Snowden did really good work. I think Chelsea Manning back when she was Bradley Manning did really good work, and and. Julian Assange did really good work, and QAnon was meant to hide all that and say, well, you know, but this is even better. This is more exciting. It's something that guys in 4chan would have cooked up. But let, let's talk about voting in 2021 because there are some really interesting – you know, people say that, 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 that the Virginia election of governor, you know, that's a sign that – but, you know, it's all going to be new and better in 2022, and the Republicans will win both houses of Congress, but – Look at the recall elections in uh, California and Colorado. The governors were hated and wildly disliked for their, you know, lockdown policies. And they had a recall election in California and Gavin Newsom's vote counters stole the election for Gavin Newsom. Gosh, what a surprise. And Jared Polis in Colorado I just met with some people from Colorado who were part of, you know, watching all of that. They didn't participate, but their neighbors were all like, well, sign the petition, sign the petition, and we'll recall the, the governor. And, and he got to go in and remove one-third of all of the signatures without cause. He was able to just invalidate a third of the signatures, and they didn't even have the election. So that – those – I think those are much more representative of what to expect than this thing in Virginia. I don't think that the the, the voting process is going to work out. I like to say that you're not going to vote your way into freedom. No, you're not. I, you know, truly, um, I had this as a topic on an upcoming podcast, but I, 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 for a while, my last stop for voting was the Libertarian Party, and you know, up and through 2016, it was my hope that, yeah, maybe you can put the crocodile on a diet and maybe if the right people, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot of nonsense, dude. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I like that image, though. A crocodile on a diet is just really angry and hungry. Well, <laughs> but, but but I now I've realized the crocodile is really just a meat sack now with parasites inside. And at some point, it's going to split open, and it's all these parasites just go everywhere. I, at some point, it's it's like those – there are these insects that will get overtaken by some other insect or infection, and they'll still move around, and it looks like they, they got the locomotion, but there's nothing going on inside, a lot like Biden's brain. 
<laughs> nothing, there's nothing in there. Okay, it's empty. Um, and, and I was going somewhere with this with respect to this issue. Um, what I've come to understand about the Libertarian Party, Jim, is the following. It might be a lot like East Berlin. Like you're close enough. And again, this is for the listeners, this is a reference to the Cold War, East Berlin, West Berlin, a city split in half. And if you were in East Berlin, you were under the Soviets, and people would make the, the, the mad dash to get to West Berlin, right, Jim? Especially before the wall got really crazy with machine guns. And Even after the wall, some people invented little go-karts that would slide underneath the, uh, you know, the, 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 the turnstiles so that they could escape. Yeah, there was a lot of inventiveness in getting See, out of communism. That's the Libertarian Party at this point. Like they are the if, if you have the courage, you can make that one last dash to I mean, I, I am not ashamed of calling myself an anarchist, but whether you call it anarchism, agorism, you can make the final dash to freedom if you got the courage. Yeah, voluntarism. You can make the final dash to freedom if you have if you have the gusto. To me, that's the Libertarian Party at this point. Yeah, I think there was a real hopeful possibility because after the 64 election when Barry Goldwater lost and the deep state had their puppet for another four years of profits, a lot of people were very disappointed and there was some serious you know, soul-searching. And the Libertarian Party was created in David Nolan's living room, I think. And, and I want to say it was in Denver. And for... The first part of its life, the first eight or nine years, it lived in Denver. And the headquarters of the Libertarian Party was not in Washington, D.C. And then they moved under the, you know, the, the Coctopus, the, the Charles and uh, I guess David Coach, who have all this oil money from Kansas. They decided that they had to have a real think tank like Cato, and they put all sorts of money into a real think tank. Had a real magazine like Reason, and they put a lot of money into that, I think. And they put a lot of money into the Libertarian Party. And now, last I heard, the headquarters for the Libertarian Party of the United States is in a basement office in the Watergate complex. <laughs> and doesn't that just speak to the uselessness of the Libertarian Party? When they were in Denver, they were outsiders, and they were not part of the Beltway nonsense, and they weren't trying to reform the system from within. And they moved the headquarters to Washington, D.C., and that was stupid. You guys were stupid. You did a stupid thing. And anybody who's involved in Libertarian Party national politics today is being stupid. And they're, they're, they're closing their eyes. What, there was this movie recently where I think it's Sandra Bullock is leading some children. They're all wearing blindfolds. Yeah. I don't remember what it is, but there's some sort of thing that if you look at it, it's like, you know, a basilisk in reverse. If you, if you glance at the thing, then you, you die. And so she's trying to, to rescue these children and they're, they're wandering around the wilderness with masks on and actually blinding themselves deliberately. That's what you guys in the Libertarian Party look like. You look stupid. Why don't you stop and just admit that the system that you're trying to get control of isn't worth having? No, it's not. It's, there's a lot of conceit built into the idea and again, I use the crocodile as an example, although at this point I do think it's more of a, a, 
a big skin sack with parasites that are about to burst out. But whatever, it's big and it's gross. And it's, it's like a Hieronymus Bosch painting and it's horrible. But it's gigantic and gross. And there's a lot of conceit in believing you can take that thing and do anything with it other than dig a grave. What are governments good at? Tom Clancy, who is a notoriously conservative, Republican, gung-ho, American, you know, hunt for Red October, we're going to defeat the Soviets by stealing their, their clever submarine technologies. You know, this is, this is Tom Clancy's word. What are governments good for? Killing you and taking away your freedom. That's what governments are good at. They're not good at anything else. They're not good for anything else. So if what you want is to kill a lot of people and take away their freedom, fuck you. Yeah. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't like you, and I don't want you to do any of that. I don't want you to have a government. You're too young. Whoever you are, you're too immature, you're too young, you're too stupid to have the power to kill people and take away their freedom. No. Bad dog. No. You don't get the bone. All right? You go sit in, 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 the, in the cage. We're going to put you in the cage for a bit, and you're going to think about what you've done. You're a bad dog. You made a mess in the house. It's not okay. Now, that's what I would say to these, 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 these student council kids from high school. They, 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 Victoria Newland is one of these stupid student council popular kids from high school who thinks lording it over to the other students is somehow doing something. And it's just a mess. And this is, this is just a person who should be taken out of their job and their assets and their pension and their retirement funds and everything they've ever owned should be taken away from them and sold and given to their victims, and they should be made to turn the big rocks into, into gravel with a tiny little hand hammer. That's it. That's all you get to do because you were stupid. You were a bad dog. Okay? You made a mess in the living room. We can't have that. So now you go sit in the cage. Stop it. Yeah. That's well, what I want to yeah. say to these people, but they're not listening. So, you know. Well, and I mean, and then we, you know, we use the word people or person, but I mean, and I know I've told you this, Jim, sometimes it just seems like a lot of them are just demons. I know it sounds Well, crazy. and I don't think that that's, that's exactly right. I think that, that we have to look at that a little more closely and say that, that even the worst of them, like Klaus Schwab, he is ridden by a demon. A demon is telling him what to do and he is obeying and he is captured by the demon. But somewhere in the past, there was a soul that entered a body and was a human soul and, you know, has become corrupted. And if we could kill the demon and save the soul, that would be good. That would be a good result. So the last group of subjects are positive, and so I'd like to end this on a positive note, um, Jim. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned some projects you're working on. One of the things you mentioned was the new shortwave learner stuff. Yeah, I have seen a lot of interest in people who say that they can tell that there's going to be a day when their cell phones aren't going to be able to, you know, distract them with video games. And maybe they need to have a way of getting in touch with people nearby. And I'm 
trying to get them into the whole shortwave thing. And CB, and I can I say something quick, Jim? Can I say something Go really ahead. quick? CB yeah. is actually doing pretty well too. I mean, if people are afraid of jumping in shortwave, CB is a good place to start. Okay, that's 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 good to know. And uh, you know, and there are a lot of digital um, uh, radio um, equipment systems that are are you know software mediated so you know you can have any frequency you want with with your uh, software defined radios that the, yeah software the sdr that's correct the software defined radio those are pretty cool um yeah. and you can use the emergency channels of shortwave you don't have to have a license anybody who says you have to have a license is is part of the system and, and they're part of the problem people need to stop acknowledging the parasites in their life there's a place you can go to uh, freedomfromgovernment.org i think is the site and uh you can get a a license plate a, a metal license plate that you can screw on the back and if you have this stupid state where you need them on the front too of your automobile and it says dot exempt and it has a number it, you know numbers and letters appear in the way you would expect and it looks like a license plate and it says you know exempt because why are you exempt well we're all exempt none of us are in traffic none of us are driving for trade and commerce we're just driving to get around and and so we've never all of the laws don't even apply and people are, are so afraid that they're they're getting that they, they renew their sticker, three hundred and eighty dollars of property taxes to renew your sticker, so you can have a good and you can be a good boy. Oh, I'm a good boy. I've got a I've got a current sticker on the back of my license tag. Ooh, good boy. Yeah, this is all uh, so software defined rated, good stuff. Don't need a license. CB, good stuff. I like it. There are a lot of there are a lot of shortwave radios out there right now that are that are still reasonably priced um you know shortwave and cb doesn't really get subsidized like your your mobile device so obviously the stuff's more expensive and you got to pay for it but you know for about about a thousand bucks a person can get in on the equipment they need power supply radio and antenna system and they can start using shortwave um so it's some, it's definitely something pretty cool, Jim. It's something in 2022 that if people have the money, they should consider getting a radio. Right, and I've seen little uh, handheld walkie-talkie sized shortwave radios, transceivers that are like 120 bucks. Yep. On Amazon, so you know there there are different price points where people can get involved and experiment. And if you want a base station with a lot of power, you know it's not that expensive. And I think people should get into, uh, well, I think people should get into home-built nuclear, you know, radio, thermoelectric isotope uh, generators. But um, what they probably will end up getting is like a diesel generator and also some solar power, uh, solar panels, and they'll have electricity even in the difficult times that we're coming towards and uh, be able to communicate through the ionizing radiation of the high altitude nuclear strikes, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, hey, so one I, think thing, oh, a, I think that's a, a positive development. And I think people should go into that. Yep. Yeah. And one thing I'd mentioned very quickly, I, I didn't find this out until I was researching it, but you can actually buy these um, attachable, thermal electric generator systems, you can attach them to a wood stove. 
and they will generate electricity. So if, if what you have is a wood stove, you could actually be generating electricity and heating your home. Um, nice. Now, and I'm not saying it's tremendous amounts, but if, the ele- if you're heating your home with the wood, then really you're using the electricity mainly for gadgets, uh, you know, and maybe some lighting, so... Right, and it would be nice to have you know a little electricity uh, every once in a while. You know, have your device uh, power up so that you can connect to the cell towers if they still exist. You have been working with, and and you had a you had a note about alternative healing activities, but you have been working with um, the Ozark. Is it the Ozark Herbal Academy? Yes, so the Ozark Herbal Academy was founded by this lady, Dakota, and that's D-apostrophe, capital C-O-D-A, so it's like a coda and a K of D-sharp, I guess, I don't know. Anyway, um, and, and that's that's her name. That's what she chooses to call herself. She's been off the grid for, I don't know, 30 or so years. She's in her 70s. She um, lived for 10 years in a federal wildlife management area, so she's lived out in the wilderness of the Ozarks, and she has an enormous amount of uh, herbal knowledge, and she also maintains a database, which is available for subscription online. Um, it's like 15 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year, and it has over 29,000 entries, climbing towards 30,000. Um, it's got links to 500,000 articles and there's a really well-developed database software system so when I get on it I can look at a map of all of the interconnections of different concepts like you know the the neck bone is connected to the uh, hip bone and all of this and I can also look at uh, videos that are part of each of the of, of the topics and I can look at uh, articles that are linked out from each of the topics. One of the topics that I was looking at just last night because a friend of mine's uncle has been jabbed and had a reaction and then he was boosted and he had another reaction and he's thinking he will never do this again, but you know, he's, he's got this stuff swimming around in his, in his bloodstream. What does he do? Well, there's a, a detox protocol and there's actually two of them that I found on the database. And so um, that's really good information for people who want to, you know, help one another. And I think that we need to look at allopathic medicine as a path that the Rockefellers wanted to support back at the turn of the 20th century. And they were a bunch of evil people and still are. And so maybe allopathic medicine is not the best way. If there is something that absolutely has to be cut out of you, then maybe you should see a surgeon. But if you see a surgeon and he says, hey, you know that problem you got in the back? We can cut some of those uh, lamina out of your back. And then, and then how will that make it better? I don't know. I'm not sure. But the doctor is confident. You know, the surgeon will tell you for sure that that back pain can be cured by cutting parts of your back. Yeah. And the wonder of it is, is that people don't think of that as a crazy, you know, oh, no, that's a doctor. He's a respected medical professional. He knows what he's doing. He knows that you can make people better by taking a very, very sharp knife and cutting them. It's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. Don't, I mean, I worked around healthcare enough. I don't even like talking about it. It's so horrible, the stuff that happens in our healthcare system. It's so bad. And the, the, the look up iatrogenic. 
I-A-T-R-O-G-E-N-I-C. People who are listening should look up that word and then look at the number of deaths every year in this country from iatrogenic causes. That is from doctor hospital related causes and you will find that they've been killing hundreds of thousands of us every year with fda approved poisons and with all kinds of procedures and by sticking people into buildings full of disease vectors that they don't have any ability to clean up a lot of hospitals i think we they should just be torn down in the name of humanity because if you go there you're going to get sick jim it's it's like when the wuhan thing hit i said to myself why do you need to go to a wet market in china when you could go to any modern american hospital and find something a million times more dangerous just great absolutely and the wet market thing was, as we now know, was just a lie. It was one of the cover stories on but top of other cover stories. You don't stories. even need a lab. You don't even need any of that. Just go to any random – go to Seattle Children's, which is which was being sued. I'm sure the COVID cured that. But go to Seattle Children's, and you'll find fungal, bacterial, viral, parasitic. You'll find stuff that is so crazy. Yeah, dude. They don't need bioweapons labs. They have them. They're called hospitals. But – but we also now have the smoking gun. We know that Fauci was paid. There was there was millions of dollars paid for the gain of function research, and it, it was actually deliberately engineered. What it was, I don't know, and whether it has anything to do with the stuff that's circulating right now, I have no information. But I can assure you that somebody got a lot of money, millions of dollars, to work on this stuff and improve this coronavirus stuff. And I don't know what they did, but yeah. they're evil, and that's terrible. And why are we why why are the American people putting up with that? Why is there a National Institute of Health that is allowed to exist in this country? Why don't the American people go and take all of those doctors and bureau rats out of their homes and take their stuff and make them make gravel out of big rocks i don't know it just it's it's maybe a lack of of enthusiasm for sticking your neck out or something i don't know but go ahead what's the next topic well i just want to say it's fair to say that in 2022 people need to be they need to be thinking more deeply about how they get help with their health that's a fair statement I think people need to be looking at becoming renaissance men and women. I really think that the whole idea of relying on other people to tell you what is true has not been working out. I mean, wake up, folks. You're not going to be able to heal yourself by saying, I don't feel well. I should go to urgent care and have some doctor after a suitable wait for four or five hours with other sick people in a waiting room with poor circulation of the air. I should then expect somebody who wears a white lab coat. Oh, the costume. Well, that'll, that'll improve me. I'll see a man wearing a costume who looks like a doctor. Yes. And he'll poke and prod and tell me what, uh, what, pharmaceuticals poisons to, to put in my body no you're gonna have to do better than that i'm sorry i understand that you just want to watch the football game and you just want to do your stuff and that working for a living is enough 
I'm sorry, it's not. Okay, you're going to also have to learn how the body works. You're going to have to learn how to support the immune system. You're going to have to learn when the immune system is overreacting with a cytokine storm or some other sort of you know event that you need to take down the immune system and and suppress it because it's attacking you. You're going to have to understand these things. You're going to have to work a little bit. You're going to have to study. You have to read some articles. It's exciting. It's a whole new world where you run your own life. You might need to learn how to fix your car. Ladies and gentlemen, you may have to learn how to change your own automotive tire and not have to rely on somebody else to do it for you. You may have to learn how to maintain all of the systems that you think are important, like how to fix your radio. You might not be able to fix your cell phone because it's basically a slab of microchips. But here's something that's interesting. I saw in Lou Rockwell recently, there's a story that the CIA now admits that they are in every microchip in your home. I knew that. Who told you that years ago that I knew that and people made fun of me at that Freedom Fest because I brought that up? Who was that guy? Uh, you. <laughs> yeah, you dude. You told me that. Listen, it's a, there is nothing... we should be using our 3D printer technology to design and develop printed circuits and, and you're right that is absolutely true i don't even care if we go back to commodore 64 in terms of what we can do for version one it's kind of like the printed guns version one isn't going to be the fanciest gun you ever bought but that's where we need to go if we really want to be free long before we start mining coins we need to be building back a computer infrastructure that we can control was that cody wilson with a liberator back in the beginning of this century yeah the 3D printed liberator gun, and that was an, an, an indication that you could do it. And now the Plastikov is kind of an awesome little AK-47. Almost all the important components are, are, are made out of 3D printed stuff, and, and it works. And people are getting good results. And, and I agree, if we have to, you know, not, not have very sophisticated computing technology for a while, we'll be all right. I think you need to be thinking about having books, guys. I know, I know, I know. You want to have a nomad, a techno-nomad lifestyle where you can put things in your backpack and get on your mountain bike and go anywhere, and you don't need to have books. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, at some point, some sort of electromagnetic pulse is going to knock out the power grid and a lot of these integrated circuits, and you're going to want to still know stuff. Yeah. I like books. I have an encyclopedia i have a dictionary and because i am of course part of the russian collusion i have a russian english phrase book also portuguese french german i have a mandarin you know dictionary so all i'm saying is is that if you if you if you expect to get through the coming dark times knowing more stuff yourself and not having to rely on someone else to be an expert you're probably better off next topic open source delivery van by morgan aspen so i met this lady and she is really interesting and she's talking about why aren't we building our own and i'm like wow absolutely i mean i don't need uh the two million dollars that tesla spent before they built their first automobile to comply with all the regulations, because I don't need to comply with the regulations. 
And I think that this idea of having open source automobiles and delivery vans is great. And we need to go back to systems that are not relying on these integrated circuits. Again, because number one, the CIA is in all of those integrated circuits. And if they want to turn off your car, you don't want them to be able to do that. Well, when, when I was a kid, my dad taught me how to gap the spark plugs and how to replace the solenoid and how to, you know, shine the light, the strobe light on the timing chain. You remember timing chains. I remember Dan. timing chains. I remember, yeah, and I remember the light and there was a little on the, I think it was a flywheel, but on there, there was a little marker that you would, you would time, you would time with like because a strobe light. Because you need light. to have it at top dead center and you need to have it all synchronized yeah. because it's a mechanical system. It's like, uh, you know, an old mechanical watch. Well, when I was a kid, my dad, very delighted, to give me a watch for Christmas and he told me how to set it and he taught me how to wind it every day and I would wind my watch and you know and and George Carlin would say things like I don't know whether to shit or wind my watch I know I'll shit on my watch <laughs> and that was funny but now no one has any relationship to that because people don't wind their watches because watches are a, a hunk of integrated circuits that have a display and nobody has to do anything you just strap it on your wrist well i don't do that anymore i actually i have a compass from diving from when i was scuba diving and i strap that on my wrist and then people think i look right because oh he has a thing on his wrist he must be a he must be an adult um but it's actually not a watch um, so I think that, 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 that this idea of an open source hardware system is 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 is, is, is great because if you look uh, look up open source hardware, you'll find a lot of articles and a lot of work has been done. Um, and I don't think that it's really a good idea to have uh, electronics in your automobile when you can have a fully mechanical system that anybody could work on. When I was a kid, anybody could work on their own car. Anybody knew how to change their oil. They had rear wheel drive because it made it possible to have the engine end straight. And then you could get at the, uh, the oil filter when Honda and Toyota decided to have front wheel drive vehicles. They, they wanted to also make them more compact, so they, they, they rotated the engine 90 degrees, you know, and then, oops, half of the cylinders are up against the firewall. Well, that's fine. We'll just make a special tool that only the dealers will have. If you want to take the spark plugs out of that side, you just have to have this special device. And the, the, you can barely get underneath the car to change the oil filter, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying these words like people know what I'm talking about, but there are a lot of people that have cars that have never once changed their own oil, have never once, you know, drained the oil, changed the filter with a filter wrench, and put a new filter on, and put do put the uh, <clears throat> do put the little uh, bolt back into the oil pan because you don't want to pour in the new oil <laughs> until you have that back in place. That's true. As a man who has done that on occasion, I, 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 I want to emphasize, but, but, you know, people used to change their spark plugs. People used to, 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 you know, have cars that they could fix and they could tune their own engine. People could tune their own cars. My dad had a set of spark plug gaps sitting on the dining room table. 
and my friend John Young, who liked to work on cars, came over and we were we were talking about debate. We had some some uh, evidence to, to look at and, and some some plans to make for uh, a debate tournament that we were going to. And he picks up this set of, of you know, of, 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 of feeler gauges and he says, why does your dad have feeler gauges? And I said, well, because he gaps his own spark plugs, John. And John was just so totally weirded out. He thought all of the guys, the professors at the university were completely, you know, non-physical. They were just in their minds doing all of this, this cloud cuckoo land stuff. And he was actually happy to find out that some of us can do both. Well, I think we are just about out of time. Um, I know you mentioned a couple other notes, but I figured unless you had something at the top of your head you wanted to talk about, um, is there anything else you want to bring up before we close this thing out for our 2022 predictions episode? Haven't we done enough? Haven't we done enough damage to the psyches of these people? I mean, they're, they're out there in listener land thinking... These guys want me to read books and have books around. They want me to, to make my own car with stuff that I can get in any junkyard in America. And there's, you know, tens of thousands of those places where I can get the parts to make my own open source car. And, and I can learn how to 3D print engines. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But listen, boys and girls. Grow up. Yeah. You can't rely on everybody else to solve your problems for the rest of your life. You really can't. You tried that, okay, and you got Fauci. I'm just saying. Well, it is a battle. It's, it, in fact, that's a good positive note to end this on. There is this battle that is apolitical, that is really not nothing to do with any of the social justice warrior nonsense, but there is an ongoing battle between people who want to have the right to fix things and people who tell us, no, you just need to be the learned helplessness people. And a lot of people have been raised in an educational system that teaches learned helplessness. You can't do this. You can't do that. There's a person that does that. You pay them money, but don't worry about it. And then there's this whole group of people today, especially in the world of agriculture, who say, you know what? I paid a lot of money for that tractor. I have a right to fix it. You know? Yeah, right. And maybe I should pay less money and have a tractor that is designed from the ground up so that I can work on it. And maybe that uh, instead of paying experts and paying into a system that's supposed to have single payer health care and take care of me for the rest of my life, I should learn about my own body and learn about the immune system and learn the signs and signals that it's giving me and, you know, do what I need to support my own body and get the good results that I need. And I would recommend people think about how it is in like the Goodfellows movie where he says, you know, you need to take care of her. And the guy makes the sign of the gun and says, take care of? No, 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 I meant right. Like, be nice to her. <laughs> if the government can give you anything... It can also take anything away from you. So you don't need all of this outside stuff. Be self-reliant. Be a person who actually can do anything. You know, and study some poetry because it's good for the soul. It is good for the soul. Well, Jim, I appreciate you talking with me, and maybe in the near future we can talk again. Um, and 
to everybody out there, I hope you really do have a happy new year. Uh, we could all use a really great new year. And Jim, happy new year to you. Happy new year, Dan. I'll see you in 2022. That's right. 